Hello and welcome to the Heart of the Piano podcast where we are reviewing the world of piano as always and in this episode I am reviewing the brand new ABRSM syllabus and set of piano books uh, for all of the grades going from initial all the way through to grade A. So this is basically the 2023 to 2024 syllabus and in Europe and Asia this is quite the big deal. It might not be quite a big deal in uh, North America and Australia, not quite sure about South America, but certainly in Europe and Asia, ABRSM is really a big deal because when you start learning um, the piano or an instrument in general, uh, it's so, so common that as soon as you start to get anywhere, your teacher will then book you in for an exam, which is usually ABRSM. And so the pieces that ABRSM choose for their syllabus. These are the pieces that we're going to be hearing to death. So as a teacher, I know that a lot of students are going to, uh, a lot of new students will already be playing these ABRSM pieces, or they'll want to do them. But basically, there's there's always a lot of buzz around uh, what ABRSM are, are doing and what pieces are in the syllabus. So um, some of you may have listened to my review, my last review, of the previous ABRSM syllabus, which was 2021 to 2022, and I was pretty harsh about it. I didn't like it. There was, there was, I think it was overwhelmingly negative, that review. So when I got these books to review, to be absolutely honest, I was kind of ready to not like it. <laughs> and although ABRSM did actually send these to me for, for free, uh, hopefully people can trust me that I am brutally honest. I find it difficult to be anything other than brutally honest. So I got the books through. I immediately started to sight read my way through all of the books, starting with grade eight, going backwards. And um, the first thing I wrote down was I was blown away. Um, it's superb. The pieces that ABRSM have chosen this time round are absolutely superb. They are brilliant, brilliant choices. Very, very good repertoire. Now, something that I've been speaking about, not just with ABRSM, but with all of the examination boards in general, I'm kind of a little bit sick of turning up to classical concerts and seeing pretty much no black people <laughs> or or minority uh, uh, people, you know, people from minorities. I find it incredibly depressing. And I think that companies like ABRSM in the past have not helped this trend. Uh, and in fact, a, a few years ago, uh, there was a public petition and um, the petition was that there needed to be more representation of composers other than white composers because it was just so overwhelmingly white. Now, this is a massively controversial topic because most composers in classical music are white and male. So a lot of people think it's tokenistic to have a disproportionate representation of um, people of colour and of women. But from my perspective, young people who are growing up at the moment and who look at all of these composers who, you know, uh, up until recently uh, in exam books and in repertoire have all tended to be white and male. Um, I think it can send a very dangerous message that, that that's really who this is for and that if you're not white and male, uh, that there isn't really a space for you in this world. So my perspective is that I think we need to do something because God knows classical audiences are small enough as they are. We, we need to, do, to make more of an effort to, to increase the amount of people who come to concerts. And I think that 
people learning classical music, we are building the audiences for tomorrow. So yeah, so the new the new uh, ABRSM books came through, and there's this beaming, smiling black girl on the cover, which is fantastic. It's just absolutely superb. I don't think it's um, what's the term virtue signaling or anything. You know, there's no song and dance about uh, the fact that oh, this is a black composer because there are a lot of a lot more black and minority composers represented in in this uh, new ABRSM syllabus, and not only hidden away in the alternative lists, but in the actual books themselves. And I think that ABRSM have done an amazing job of having a really fresh, uh, and exciting, and and often very contemporary set of pieces inside the books and often black composers as well and not just tokenistic that on the whole they are excellent excellent choices you know one of my criticisms i think of abrsm and not just my criticism but uh, it made me laugh because when um uh, there was a a facebook post which was basically from was it music room or, or a place that's basically selling the new the new books uh, advertising the, the, the upcoming ABRSM books. The first comment was, it's always nice to know which Christopher Norton piece we're going to hear for the next two years. <laughs> which which I think does sort of sum up what ABRSM can be like, which is, uh, you know, they, they've made a little bit of, a, of an effort in sort of recent years to have more jazz. But the jazz is always so unadventurous and, and and I sort of call it like paycheck um, pedagogical jazz. It's sort of just written uh, so that companies like ABRSM are going to buy it so that kids learning classical music through ABRSM have a mildly interesting kind of jazz piece as an alternative. But what is just absolutely superb in this year, this particular, well, this this new ABRSM syllabus for 2023 and 2024 is there are actually more genuine jazz pieces by black jazz composers or black by jazz musicians, um, which is great. It just feels a lot more authentic. And yes, there is still Christopher Norton in there. And it's not that I think he's terrible. I like Christopher Norton. I, there, there is a, a, a YouTube tutorial I, I put up where I really, <laughs> I'm really harsh uh, uh, about it. I'm sorry about that. But uh, um, I think that where Christopher Norton shines is writing really, really good jazz for beginners, um, which I think doesn't really exist in the traditional world of jazz. Uh, what I don't understand is when we get to the higher grades, you know, like grade six, seven and eight, where authentic jazz does exist, why are we still using these people who are very, very good at writing for beginners and for the lower grades? But there's proper jazz that we can have at those levels. And yes, um, in, in this round of ABRSM pieces, superb, superb collection of, of jazz and, and music from people of colour and different cultures and contemporary classical, uh, really accessible, uh, particularly in the higher grades. I absolutely love it. I've still got little quibbles and caveats to all of that, though. But on the whole, it is absolutely superb. So in, in many ways, I felt like uh, it was uncanny that it was almost as if they'd taken all of the criticisms <laughs> that I was very brutal with in my last review and actually done really solid things about it. So um, let me just go through um, uh, a few of my sort of main criticisms from the last 
uh, ABRSM syllabus. So I complained that I felt that the pieces in general, um, especially in the higher grades, were just kind of being dumbed down in terms of difficulty level and were just getting easier. And um, and I've got to say, the pieces are way more difficult. In my book, that's a good thing because ABRSM has a reputation. It has a reputation of being a thorough, respectable, serious examination board that if someone shows that they have a good mark from ABRSM at a high grade, you know that they're at a good level. And I felt like the the last batch in 2021-2022 was sort of like just easier than normal. But I feel like this new batch is like a return to form. It's rigorous. Um, Like, for example, I really like that um, in the grade eight, we've got a Bach prelude and fugue again um, in the book. Now, maybe to some people, this might be kind of like a little bit of a boring, unimaginative thing. But but as a, as a teacher and as, as a teacher who looks for ABRSM to set a rigorous standard, I think this is excellent. But it also gives really, really creative and fun alternatives for people who don't want that kind of rigor. And, and it's like that in pretty much every single grade. Just to warn people, my, my personal interest, the people who I usually teach at the moment are kind of at the higher end. Now I do teach beginners, but I do kind of tend to focus more on grade five to grade eight at the moment. So that's going to be the the weight of my review. Uh, But I will talk about the lower grades as well. So although I also think now, now some people basically call this benchmarking. So when you read other people's reviews of uh, ABRSM and the examination board's um, uh, syllabuses, This word benchmarking gets used a lot, and that basically means, is grade A consistent? Is it a consistent difficulty level? Is it the same difficulty level as the the years before? And is it an equivalent level to the other examination boards? That's benchmarking. So I feel that the benchmarking in this crop is a bit wide for my taste. So you've got rigorous, difficult, high-level pieces but also alternative pieces that I think are actually very easy. And then it makes it a little bit more difficult to trust ABRSM. So when someone says, I've got grade eight distinction, uh, in the back of my mind might be, yeah, but did you do the easy pieces? And then I'm also thinking, and also, did you do the performance exam where you didn't have to do the uh, all of the, um, the scales and the oral tests and sight reading? But Anyway, that, that I'll come to that in a minute. But on the whole, it's thorough. Um, it's got all of the, the more rigorous preludes and fugues, for example, at grade eight and classical stuff. But it bothers me that it's it's become a bit more open so that you can do much easier stuff. But it's much better than the last syllabus. Much, much better. So also, I was uh, quite brutal in my last review that I really hated a lot of the engraving. So um, engraving is sort of like formatting. And uh, and I actually did put on the show notes of the review, like a really appalling example of really bad uh, engraving or formatting of the music. And I've got to say that having sight read every single piece and not only having sight read them, but, but actually having learned quite a lot of them, the engraving is 
excellent. It's absolutely excellent. There's pretty much nothing that pulled my eye and made me go, oh my God, what did you guys do there with your layout and your formatting and your engraving? It's miles better than than the previous time. I, th- I think uh, either a new person has done it or a new company's been doing it, or but it but it's it's night and day, um, absolutely superb. I think I also probably complained. Why are there not more black composers, uh, minority uh, composers, uh, that kind of thing? And yeah, not only have we got this beaming, happy uh, black girl on the on the cover, which I think will. You know, it really should just make non-white people think, oh, maybe maybe learning classical music might be for me as well. You know, um, uh, I'm not going to harp on about it. I, I just think it's it's a it's a great change. But, you know, like, like I said before, there's really, really good selection of not just white male composers and lots of women represented as well. It's It's excellent representation in this book. Uh, and in the biography, I like that they don't make a big song and dance about it. it, it you know, sometimes you've got to look them up and go, oh, yeah, this was a black composer. I like that. It makes it seem normal. It normalizes it. I think it needs to feel like, yeah, something which is normal. So thumbs up to ABRSM and thumbs up for doing it in such a superb way. Very few other examination boards have been this good about it. Um, absolutely superb. The, I, I think I was also very, very brutal about the teaching notes. And the teaching notes uh, is an extra book that, that you can buy, which is around £10 uh, in the UK. And uh, it was just really awful. And one thing that, that really didn't help was they didn't include the alternative pieces. So it still doesn't include the alternative pieces. But now that there's so many alternative pieces, and I'll come to that later, it's kind of understandable why they didn't do that. But the actual, um, what they've said about the pieces, there's very, very little to criticise about it. Generally, every piece that I looked at, um, that I sight-read, I started learning it, I looked to see what, what they said in the teaching notes. Yeah, it's absolutely bang on and actually really useful. Nothing I wildly disagreed with. Whereas in the last one, I was like, they've said what? <laughs> I, was, I was just aghast so much of the time. Like, I could not agree less. With, with what they've said here. I was just shocked at some of the stuff that they'd said. But this time around, it is excellent. I, I'm not sure if it's worth the full £10, but I have noticed that, um, as always, there are um, retailers who sell the entire initial to grade eight as a package with the teaching notes where you get everything way, way cheaper. And in that case, I do think it's probably worth just getting the teaching notes bundled in because I, I do think that it says some excellent things this time around. Yeah, all of that stuff is great. I, I remember also being quite brutal about the um, the audio recordings. And this time around, for the most part, they are excellent. And my God, they should be excellent because they really do cost quite a lot of money <laughs> to pay extra for rather than just paying for the book to, to have the option of getting the book and the the opportunity to have these digital downloads of, of all of the audio. But there's, uh, again, I'll come to this, but there are so many alternative pieces. And the fact that all of them are available, um, if you pay the extra to have the audio. Um, last time round, I just thought it was pretty often very clunky playing. And, um, you know, it's a very, very difficult balance and a very difficult thing about 
ABRSM having their official recordings of the pieces is problematic for all kinds of reasons. And I'll try not to spend too long on it. But basically, I think one problem that you can have with taking exams and particularly something like ABRSM that can be seen of as in in a bit of a like a um, that can be a little bit intimidating I think speaking as a teacher it's very 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 difficult a lot of the time to really persuade my students that what music is about it's not about playing correctly and about playing to a standard that you will be judged good enough otherwise why are you bothering Uh, That's not what music is about. Music is about something very, very deep and personal that we do, hopefully, for just the sheer intrinsic pleasure and enjoyment of it and to express things from deep within our psyche. And I think that, you know, it can be dangerous to put people in for exams, to make people a bit neurotic and perfectionistic about, am I playing correctly? Am I going to get a good mark? So, you know, I think we need to be careful with these things and, you know, really... Really, that's kind of a topic for me to explore more deeply another time. So one of the problems with um, examination boards having their own official audio recordings is I think there's a danger that the students go, ah, this is how it goes and I have to play it like that. This is just like the platonic ideal of how this piece goes. (laughs) Whereas really, you know, I would want my students to very strongly internalise that That is just one of many ways that that we can do it. There is no correct way of doing it. So um, as part of that, I think that if a piece of music is played with too much individuality and then represents ABRSM, there is the danger that people go, ah, it has to go like that. And then suddenly uh, uh, an examiner hears the piece over and over and over again with one pianist sort of little quirks or or sort of individual views of it. And, you know, that's going to always be a danger anyway. I would imagine that whoever is going to record the pieces for ABRSM has to be slightly bland, bland in the best possible way of just not stamping too much of their own individuality onto it. And, you know, that that introduces all kinds of potential problems. And then, you know, another uh, issue is that Sometimes you've got pieces in grade five, grade six, that really can be played on a concert pianist level. Maybe they can be played a lot faster. Maybe there's a sort of, maybe there are trills and ornaments that can be done a lot more difficult. Maybe there's articulations that can be leggero, staccato, things that might be difficult for someone at grade five. And so, you know, it's, I can imagine if you're recording for ABRSM, you've got to record it in a way that's going to be achievable for people at that level. So, um, you know, really the ideal, the ideal is that students would just listen to as many different versions as possible, uh, get to know the personalities of lots of different pianists. But the reality is that uh, most students are not going to go off and listen to loads and loads and loads of different pianists no matter how much I try and encourage them to and that a lot of them with only limited uh, resources of enthusiasm and time and commitment are just going to listen to one recording so you know I can see that there is a value to having these ABRSM recordings and on the whole this time round I think that they achieve an excellent balance between all those kinds of things that I'm talking about Now, having said that, I think in particular, maybe because the the grade eight is the one that interests me the most, 
some of the recordings, and I won't mention which ones they are, um, apart from one, because I think that there's one that's just way off. But in grade eight, I think there are some that fall short. And that's a shame. Uh, so I don't know how many pianists did it, but maybe uh, by the time it got to grade eight, maybe there were some time constraints or something. But on the whole, it's a really excellent balance. Um, I'll, I'll come back to the one that I think is like way off the mark. So all of those things, on the whole, pretty excellent this time around. But then the things that I didn't like um, the last time, there are still some of those that still apply. For example, the grade eight book still only has three pieces um, for list A, three pieces list A, three pieces list B, three pieces list C. Uh, that's a shame because the book is much less value for money now. It was fantastic when you had much more pieces in the grade eight book. And when you get to grade eight, I think by that point, you're forming much more of, a, of an individuality and, and you know much more what you like and you want more choice without having to spend the extra money on your alternative pieces. And then, you know, all the usual ABRSM stuff like I've never liked um, ABRSM fingering. They have this weird, uh, how do I call it? It's like the, the, the almost every single ABRSM piece that's edited by ABRSM. The fingering is designed in such a way that you kind of keep your hand in the same position for as long as possible, even if you're using some of your weaker fingers and you've got weaker fingers on strong accents. Uh, it's it's like the highest priority for ABRSM fingering strategy is to try and keep your hand in one place for as long as possible. It's not the way that I like to teach. It's not the way I like to play. I think I sort of ascribe more to the Chopin school of teaching where particular fingers have particular strengths. And I'd rather that my students move their hand to kind of use their particular fingers to help with the phrasing. Uh, so that's just me, though. It's not going to be everyone. But I, I do notice that the other examination boards, in my opinion, um, have much better fingerings that result in much more musical phrasing. Um, but if you have a good teacher, it's not a big deal. You can uh, get your teacher to uh, put um, their fingerings in or, you know, you can play around and, and decide that you're going to change them. It's not a massive deal. A uh, little bit more of a massive deal. I've never liked uh, ABRSM's choice of ornamentation either. So as you get to the higher grades, uh, ABRSM suggests ornamentation for Baroque music. And uh, I always look at it and go, what? Are you mad? <laughs> so I was saying that a lot <laughs> when I'm looking at the higher grades and looking at ABRSM's uh, particular choices or particularly sort of uh, recommendations for ornamentations. You know, they don't tell you you have to do this, but on the whole, I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. And and really, there were some bizarre choices of fingerings and ornamentation, um, as always. But, um, uh, you know, it's not a deal breaker. So, yes, yeah, something else that I also should mention is that in this new syllabus, there is, I think, the absolutely biggest, widest, most interesting selection of alternative pieces ever. And so for people new to ABRSM and new to examination boards, in each book, you've got three categories. Uh, there are three pieces in each category and you can choose one. Well, you have to choose one piece from each category. So list A has three pieces, list B has three pieces, list C has three pieces. Up until relatively recently, uh, ABRSM did give you um, in the notes at the front of the book the, the opportunity to go and buy a different book 
which gave you the opportunity to play a, a different piece in list A or list B or whatever. But um, usually this, this sort of tended to be three extra choices per, per category. And then in the last syllabus, the 2021-2022, suddenly this became much much bigger. It was suddenly like quite big, like off the top of my head, I think it was like seven or eight or something like that alternative uh, choices. And it just suddenly got much, much bigger, which meant that uh, taking an ABRSM exam suddenly could become a lot more interesting because you can choose something based much more on what you want to learn rather than what sort of limited pieces ABRSM have chosen this time around. And, you know, if I'm honest, a lot of the time ABRSM choices could be a bit a bit stuffy, a little bit boring, you know, a bit too traditional. Um, so the more alternative pieces that they offer, so, you know, some of them are absolutely superb and they cover a much sort of wider range of styles. So that was nice that they did that uh, in the last syllabus. And then this time they've added even more. Now, having said that, there's a massive, massive caveat here because um, what I don't understand is basically every single syllabus that ABRSM have brought out, they change every single piece. They change every single piece in the book and they change all of the alternative pieces. So everything is fresh every single year. Now, I don't know whether this is good or bad. I just don't understand it. And in many ways, it might be a good thing. But this massive alternative list that were in the last syllabus are exactly the same in the new syllabus. Every single piece in the in the 2021-2022 syllabus that was an alternative option is still an alternative option in 2023-2024. So maybe it's just too much it's too much time, too much effort to change all of those because they are quite a lot of pieces in in a lot of grades. And in many ways, maybe it's a good thing because I think that a lot of people can be put off from learning these extra pieces because you've got to pay money to go and get these extra books. Um, Although some of them you can download from from the internet, such as IMSLP and, uh, you know, places like that. But I think it's, it's, you know, maybe good that, especially for us teachers, you know, buying these extra books for the alternative pieces. It's like, oh, I can still keep using those. That's great. And then on the whole, there's like, um, uh, I think, uh, between two and three new extra pieces that that are added into each category, um, each list in these alternative pieces. And so it's just making the choice even wider. And some of them are, are really absolutely superb. So some really nice jazz, there's stuff taken from um, books specifically of black composers, but also just, you know, really just charming pieces in general. Um, and it, it, the sheer choice that people now have with um, ABRSM is absolutely enormous. So uh, that's that's really nice. So, yeah, coming back to, uh, I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but another thing that I didn't like um, in the last syllabus was that um, ABRSM changed list A, list B, list C. And so, so traditionally, list A was Baroque and classical. Uh, it was only Baroque and classical. And uh, this is where you had a prelude and fugue. You had a, a classical sonata movement. Uh, in ye olden days, you've had to do the whole sonata, a, cla- a classical sonata. But anyway, and then list B was where you played something romantic and something that showed that you can communicate emotion, rubato, uh, all those kinds of things. 
And then Lissy was just something contemporary. And, you know, that, that could be jazz or it could be something more, more modern. Uh, you know, Prokofiev would turn up there a lot or maybe Bartok, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, in the last syllabus, that inexplicably changed. And I think it changed because other examination boards like Trinity, I think, were starting to nab quite a lot of students who didn't want to do the, the Baroque classical stuff. So maybe ABRSM bowed to a little bit of pressure and didn't want to lose too many students and wanted to sort of be a popular choice. The way that they phrased it is that list A pieces are generally faster moving and require technical agility. List B pieces are more lyrical and invite expressive playing. List C pieces reflect a wide variety of musical traditions, styles and characters. But really what it means is that very often I see pieces in list A and go, what's it doing in list A? It seems like a list B piece. And and so on with, with the other categories. Like so often something in list B, I think, why is that not in list C? And why is so, so to me, the, the boundaries are getting so blurred between list A, list B and list C. I'm sort of almost not really seeing a point for it. And especially when very, very often in list A, there is a real easy option of something that doesn't test you anywhere near as much as some of the more rigorous pieces. It seems that it's it's a very, very difficult balance that ABRSM must be trying to tread because they are a business and they need to make money and they need people to be using them. But at the same time, they also have standards to uphold. And I do just feel a little bit that it is possible to take the exam and kind of cheat a little bit and, and do easier pieces. But like I said, on the whole, uh, most of the pieces are rigorous enough. So I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving about it all this time round. So, you know, actually having introduced that, I am just going to talk very briefly, hopefully, about ABRSM and their business, uh, because I do think this is kind of a little bit relevant. So someone on Facebook pointed out that the um, financial records for ABRSM are available for anyone to dip into. And so it says that for the um, financial year ending on the 31st of January 2021, their total income was uh, 23 million. I'm just going to round it out, 23 million. But their total expenditure was 31 million. So they actually had like a a loss of 8 million pounds. (laughs) So I think in my last review, I was sort of a little bit um, brutal. I was thinking it came across like suddenly it was just business and they were cost cutting and trying to save money everywhere. And it was all just becoming about the money. And then um, someone's pointing out, well, yeah, it's not it's not like they're raking it in. I still think, well, maybe it's because of that, that they are trying to cut their costs because they're sort of aware of the fact that they're losing quite a lot of money. I also did see somewhere else that a few years back, they lost their market in most of China because China took away their license to to operate. And that was a massive blow to them. Uh, Plus the fact that they've slowly been sort of losing their numbers in, in the UK, I think. So I can see that they have business pressures. <laughs> but they also do a lot of charitable work. And, and also, actually, coming back to what I was talking about with representation and black composers, they actually um, have been 
doing quite a lot of charitable work in setting up um, initiatives, funding black and minority composers and various stuff like that. So I think they're doing they're doing a lot of good stuff. And I think that they do seem to be taking their place in the in the musical community quite seriously. You know, like maybe it's not just all about give us money, you know, but they've had they've had various calamities recently. And as well as shaking everything up, doing things which look like cost cutting, but also some stuff that I'll talk about a little bit later in this review which has really upset a lot of people. I think it's just sort of worth looking at the fact that, that okay, ABRSM do seem to be having a few financial issues. Now, ABRSM as, a, as an institution, as, as an examination board, have built a lot of loyalty, a lot of loyalty with customers and with teachers. And, and a lot of people want to be very loyal to them and stick up for them and defend them. I think it's nice that there's loyalty to this organisation, but it is kind of complicated because they are a business, there are alternatives, and there are some massive, massive problems. But I'm, I'm going to come to that in a minute because it's it's a difficult balance for me to walk as a reviewer because basically I'm not sure how much of this I should make as a review of just the syllabus. And the syllabus is excellent. But then also how much of this is a review of ABRSM, the company, and of how much teachers and students are trusting them with the examination process, because that, after all, is why we buy the books. And there have been some some massive, massive problems recently. And um, for the last few years, it seems that there have been more and more operational problems. Uh, and I'm not going to list all of them, but there's been one in particular that happened, um, which is sort of representational of the kinds of problems that ABRSM have increasingly been having in recent years. And so um, in the UK, at the beginning of May uh, this year, 2022, they had like the second booking day of the year where they open up the booking and all the teachers and students uh, uh, go online and they book the exams. And this could not have gone worse. There was a new computer system and apparently it was very common for teachers to be waiting 30 hours to be trying to log on to the system. And uh, I I don't know how many of you uh, who are listening from the UK in the past might have tried buying tickets for Glastonbury Festival (laughs) online. And apparently it was something like that, that that you you went online, you immediately were in the queue because the demand was so high. And this queue apparently was this little person walking across the screen. And people were looking at this little man walking across the screen for for like 10 hours or 15 hours. Uh, And then they'd get in, try and pay for it, and then be kicked out and go back to the beginning of the queue again. So there were literally hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of very, very annoyed, disgruntled people on social media. And I'm just going to read out some of these. So 18 hours waiting to upload an exam video and I've been put to the start of the queue four times. I finally managed to get everything booked yesterday after just short of eight hours, seven and a half hours of which was in the queue. We are all highly skilled experts in our field, ABRSM, and you have let us down badly. Uh, another one. I'm so glad I've moved exam board as this is beyond the joke. Since 8am to 10pm last night, I was in the queue for two piano pupils. Back again this morning and looks like I'm in for a long wait. Um, I've been waiting nine hours and the walking man is just over halfway point. So disappointing. I don't know whether I'll be able to sleep tonight. 
This is a shame. I was waiting for 10 hours and kicked off when going to proceed with the selected slots. The time was 12.30am waiting to enter the students without sleeping. This is not something should happen to the teachers who brings business to this exam board. I would rather move all my students to another exam board. And there's loads and loads more like this. Um, uh, but people were pretty angry about this. A lot of people are saying they're, they're changing examination boards. Very, very upset people. There's also a lot of people sort of sticking up for ABRSM going, oh, we need to forgive them. And, uh, you know, it's it's tricky. It's tricky because ABRSM have been having these difficulties for quite a while. But then on top of that, and this is really unfortunate, there was an internal email that was signed by a load of um, the people, uh, a load of examiners working for ABRSM, sent to the, the chief executive. And this, this email was leaked to the public, and it is brutal. So I'm just going to read little bits of it. Management has consistently failed to respond effectively to the root causes of this situation, preferring instead to suggest that the welter of deeply critical comment on social media platforms and from other sources is insignificant, with major issues still being inadequately rationalised and normalised as mere glitches. At a time when ABRSM's image and reputation has suffered and its financial situation has been so challenged, we are at a loss to understand why the crisis of public confidence is being allowed to continue unresolved with insufficient regard for the amount of collective frustration, wasted time and loss of trust in ABRSM's operations and standards. And this is from ABRSM staff. And then the final sentence of this thing. So um, I'll leave, I'll leave um, if you read the show notes, the show notes are on heartofthepiano.com. I will leave um, links to uh, all of these articles and all of this letter and, and everything I'm talking about, there's going to be links. The last sentence, we do not currently have confidence in ABRSM's IT infrastructure and software. And then later on in the um, online magazine Slipped Disk, slipdisk.com, uh, there was uh, basically a, an update that said, we hear reports of bullying and intimidation of people who complain about the systems collapse at the International Examining Board. So it sounds like there is a real crisis of how management works. And um, and also, I did look at the website glassdoor.co.uk, and this website is where employees of an organisation can post reviews of what it's like working for that organisation. So I don't know how much credence to put in this, but there are some people who complain about how rigidly hierarchical it is and the fact that management are not held accountable and that they basically don't listen to the people lower in the hierarchy. So I don't know, you know how much credence to put in all of this. But so basically, the new syllabus is absolutely excellent. Uh, I do have one little minor gripe, and that's that my grade eight book, which I've had for two and a half weeks, I think, is already ripped um, where the staple is. It's only had light usage, so I'm not fully convinced about the long-term durability of it. But, you know, other than that mild niggle, I think um, the new syllabus is absolutely superb and I am an absolutely massive fan. I very, very highly recommend that teachers should own all of the books and that students uh, buy the books because they, they are a really creative, excellent collection of pieces. What I'm not sure about <laughs> is, the, is the trust involved in actually applying for an exam. And 
you know, I'm going to try and just sit on the fence of this. Everything that I've said already, I'm just repeating facts. I'm repeating what people have said. It's, it's up to you and it's up to you to talk to other people, to look online and make up your own mind uh, about those things. You know, I'm sure there are plenty of people who have taken the exams who are quite happy with it. And it might just be a very vocal minority who are sort of upset about how things are going. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I could go on about it. But um, just just bear that in mind that, that their reputation has taken a massive hit. Uh, and there, there are issues to do with trust. Now, having said that, there was um, very, very recently announced, I think was it about a week ago? Um, yeah, we're just at the beginning of June. So this is very recent news. ABRSM have just announced a new way to do the digital performance grades. And incidentally, the performance grades was another thing that I really wasn't a massive fan of in the last syllabus review. But the thing is, you know, that Pandora's box has already been opened now. All of the examination boards are doing something similar. So, you know, I can't really comment now about the fact that that a performance exam uh, where you don't do any sight reading, any theory, uh, sorry, any oral tests, um, any scales, uh, is worth exactly the same as the, the full exam with all of that stuff. I think that's a shame, but the cat is out of the bag. Uh, what ABRSM have announced, which is actually a, a really good thing, a really big deal, is that in August, it's going to be possible to book for a performance grade uh, and a diploma basically on demand. And it says here, how will it work when you're ready to book? You'll be able to log in and select and pay for the exam. Once you've booked, you'll have 28 days to upload and submit the exam video. That's huge because up until that was announced, you, you'd have to go to examination boards like MTB. And MTB's big selling point is exactly that same kind of thing, that when you decide that you're ready to do the exam, at that point you pay for it and then you, you submit it sort of within a, a, t- a time frame. Uh, so that is going to really alleviate a lot of that trust issue potentially that happened when everyone tried to get online and, and book in one go. So that's that's very, very, very positive. And I know that a lot of my students are really going to like that. And it's going to take a lot of the stress out of doing exams. Okay, I don't like the idea of the performance grades, uh, the, these online performance grades. But I know that a lot of people like them. I know that um, it's just I have strong feelings about it, but a lot of people make a a, a strong argument for them. Now that they're here, that's a very positive thing. So so I can see myself recommending to my students um, if they want to do one of these performance exams. Yeah, that shouldn't be too much of an issue. You've got 28 days to to upload it. That shouldn't be a massive nightmare. (laughs) So um, I think I've got through um, most of the the big points. Um, yeah, so I'm now going to do my thing of going through all the usual grades, um, starting with grade eight and uh, moving backwards. There was one piece in list C that I thought was a really interesting and brave choice. And that's this ragtime by this guy called J.P. Johnson. Now, I think it's it's a brave choice. It's a really interesting choice. I think it's a little bit flawed because um, as far as I can gather, it's a transcription, it's a rough transcription of a, a recording that J.P. Johnson made. Mm-hmm. 
So J.P. Johnson would never have written this thing down. It's, it's, it's a um, recording. And as far as I can gather, it comes from a Hal Leonard book. And when I listened to the original, and, and basically I was alerted to this because when I, I looked at it and started learning it, I thought, this is really clunky. A lot of this just doesn't feel and sound right. And it made me go and search out, what is, what's, what's the original? Where does this come from? And I think that like a lot of Hal Leonard jazz stuff, it's awful. It's an awful, awful transcription. And it makes it way more difficult than it needs to be and, may, and feels really difficult under the, the hands, much more so than it should be. And there's one section in particular near the back of the piece that is just so wrong. The notes are just so completely wrong. I will be putting up my own performance of this on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel is, is also called Heart of the Piano, so you can go on YouTube and look up Heart of the Piano. But also, I'll be putting up a tutorial uh, on this piece, on this J.P. Johnson piece. And I actually had to change completely some bars in there because it just sounded so bad and just nothing like the original. So if it was me going in for the exam, I'd be brave and basically do do it with my version that I've changed. <laughs> and and you can look at my YouTube tutorial if you want a little bit more information about that. Because in my opinion, it just really, really improves how it sounds. So, um, and that was the piece as well that the um, official ABRSM audio recording, it's like, what is he doing there? So in the original recording, it's... And um, the way that the guy plays it on the recording is he plays it with a swing rhythm. And, you know, like what I was saying before about, I think that it's important to be kind of bland in that you're not stamping your own individuality onto it. I think it's weird. It's like, why is this guy playing this piece in a swing rhythm when it doesn't say swing rhythm in the music and the original wasn't played in a swing rhythm? So I just think that's like, oh, what are you doing there? That's, uh, I don't like that. But, but, you know, that was just one sort of small quibble. But, you know, having said that, in my opinion, it's better than having a Christopher Norton piece at grade eight level. Uh, sorry, I love his stuff for beginners. But, you know, this is more authentic. This is more authentic jazz. I, I, I think it's great. And uh, what was the other grade where you've got Oscar Peterson? Um, yeah, Oscar Peterson at grade six. Fantastic. You know, proper jazz pianist, uh, not just paycheck pedagogical jazz, you know. And then I love the Samuel Coleridge Taylor piece in the list B. Uh, nice that there's a black composer and not, not a massive song or dance about it all. It's not virtue signaling. It's a nice piece, you know, and why not? I love the Louise Farronk etude. Uh, it's a really good etude. I've already um, started giving this to 
some of my students as a natural in bringing lines out without telling them it's actually in the ABRSM syllabus. I, I love the, the list C pieces, the Albanus, the Debussy, the, the J.P. Johnson. List A, it's, it's sort of traditional and rigorous enough. There's an excellent Mozart um, sonata movement with a Bach prelude and fugue. But there's also this Schubert. Now, yeah, I'm not a fan that, that the Schubert is in list A and not, not in list B. It's really, for me, a list B piece. Having said that, it's a beautiful alternative to less day and less B, and it is, you know, tricky enough. It's such a really sort of it's uh, this moment musical, uh, moment musical, uh, uh, however you want to pronounce it. It's gorgeous. It's just absolutely gorgeous. So you know, it's like it's traditional. They're going for traditional stuff, but deeply, deeply enjoyable pieces with enough stuff in list B and list C of like, oh, this is different. Oh, I've not heard this before. So yeah, grade eight, I absolutely love it. Grade seven, if I have one criticism, it's that there's so much incredibly ambitious, difficult counterpoint in so many pieces in grade seven. And so uh, I don't know how you pronounce this composer, Freydlin. Uh, the, the Freydlin piece is beautiful, but also really emotionally... Uh, it has a lot of emotional depth and it's written in a style that is, I think, quite hard to really kind of get at grade seven level. And and it's tricky as well because um, there's so much counterpoint and quite sort of contemporary harmonies. I love it. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's ambitious. And I kind of think that for most grade seven people, it's going to be really ambitious to really make the most of that. But it's a gorgeous piece. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear my students tackling that. Uh, the Moskowski is gorgeous, but so much tricky counterpoint in that. tricky so ambitious uh there, there's christopher norton <laughs> in grade seven and then um ah oh, the the Rathby. um again i don't know how you pronounce her name and uh, it's the second of the list c pieces beautiful piece so gorgeous for me this is like a list b piece there's so much emotion in that and um there's this very brave um list c piece this white light corral
which is very, very modern sounding. Yeah, well, my criticism of the Grade 7 list A is this Martinu is just so much easier than the other two pieces in list A. I don't really get why that Martino is in there, especially given the tempo marking. It's just too easy compared to the the other two pieces. Like you compare the Haydn, you compare the Martino. It's like they're on complete opposite planets of difficulty levels, but beautiful, beautiful pieces. And uh, uh, I've actually, I, I will be putting up quite a lot of my tutorials on pieces in grade seven. And I really enjoyed um, learning a lot of those uh, and doing the tutorials. Grade six, I think my main criticism of grade six is that um, basically when, when I was looking at, at all of the grades, I also go onto YouTube and I go, uh, how many videos are already existing for all the pieces that are in the book? And grade six seems to be, out of all of the grades, the, the one that it seems to be the least kind of adventurous in terms of doing something that um, hasn't been done by other examination boards. So, um, you know, even pieces like the, the Milne, uh, which, which is, an, I've written here, it's an outstanding piece. I absolutely love it. Uh, I think she she writes great. Um, she's one of the people that does write pedagogical jazz <laughs> for examination boards, but actually really beautiful and, and that really moved me. That I think, oh yeah, I really like this. But when I went on YouTube, it's like, I think it was used by another examination board recently. And so there are loads of videos. And so um, all of the pieces here, do for the most part, I think with one exception, have been done by by loads of other examination boards. But having said that, it's a really, really excellent selection of pieces. Absolutely love it. I've got loads of uh, good adjectives here. Gorgeous, lovely, interesting. The, the, the Bennett, I said, could grow on me. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't, I don't have to like it straight away, but I, I think I like a lot of those uh, Rodney Bennett pieces. Um, the, the Hella I wrote uh, in the list day is beautiful, but why is it in list day? I love the Kulau piece. Um, great to see Oscar Peterson in there. And then um, grade five. Uh, again, I'll be putting up some uh, tutorials for various grade five pieces. And I really enjoyed uh, working on a lot of those. I really liked the, the Pilling, is that, I don't know how you pronounce it, Pilling, um, which I've written here as an amazing find. It is very, very derivative of Ravel. Uh, in particular, the, the the song "My French is Terrible, Forgive My Awful French Accent," uh, "Oiseau Triste," uh, the sad bird from Miroir. Um, it's it's really derivative of that and a lot of Ravel Spanish style. But it's gorgeous. It's an absolutely gorgeous piece. Um, and Cornick, uh, charming, lightweight. Um, I love the Kabalevsky 
um, charming, full of character. Uh, the Onak, I love this. put very nice and atmospheric it's all about the spaces very zen like uh, generally the list a pieces i love the tan the the third of the list a pieces I don't like the ending of it, uh, I've, I've, but I, I like most of it. I, I, I think it's it's really quirky and a really good list A piece. I love the Hoffman and I love the, uh, oh God, uh, I'm reading my handwriting here. I think it says Marmion. Uh, so this is the, da, 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 da. Um, it's like a, a lullaby, is it? Wind in the Willows, yeah, yeah. beautiful charming lullaby there were, there were a few little moments in there i wasn't completely convinced by but on the whole really gorgeous some really some really lovely finds um grade four the first piece uh fun lively sounds great uh Ideally needs great articulations. Uh, Farong, beautiful, like a coloratura aria. Uh, wasn't convinced by the handle. I've written yawn, <laughs> but you, you know, every piece can't be a winner. And, and this is just my personal subjective opinion. Uh, the capers is gorgeous jazz, beautifully arranged to, to sound great with very few notes. But I, I absolutely loved this piece. But this is where I noticed um, quite a glaring misprint. Um, so I will, in the show notes, put what the misprint is. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to upload it to YouTube at some point and do a tutorial. But there is a massive, massive, uh, to me, um, uh, especially, you know, playing some jazz. I, I, off the top of my head, I think it was a, it needed to be a seven flat nine. And... Uh, uh, I'm surprised the pianist didn't pick up on it because the pianist in the official recording plays the mistake. So anyway, go, if you learn this piece, go to go to the show notes and I'll tell you what the mistake is. The, the, a lot of these pieces is like, well, it's okay. I think grade four wasn't totally my taste. So I've written like the Chaminade, it's okay. It's got some charm. The Tchaikovsky, it's sweet enough. The Bartok, not my taste. Bartok's never been my taste, but that's just me, you know. Um, Nevada, it's sweet enough. And then, so I've basically written, there's lots of nice enough pieces in this grade. They're inoffensive. So it wasn't a massive hit with me, but, you know, it's okay. And, you know, we all have our own um, individual taste. Um, oh, I've also written The Price is a very nice piece. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 
So um, I really like that one. Uh, grade three. And, and you know, my thing is more teaching teenagers and adults. And when we get to grade three, it's like, oh, this is sort of aimed more at children. So it's not really my domain. And, um, you know, ABRSM have, have been doing what they do for an awfully long time. And I think that in these lower grades, they're just basically doing what they've always done in a very good way. You know, having said that, there's a lot of competition now. There's so much competition for the, for the, for the younger market that didn't used to exist. And I think Trinity, LCM, Rock School are doing excellent jobs now of doing things that are going to appeal to the younger market. So, you know, it's not my field of expertise, but, you know, I, having said that, it's it's nice. There's a lot of lovable stuff. Um, the first of the grade three pieces I have written, the usual dull ABRSM piece, but then it's a good thing there's way less of them this year, meaning there's a lot less of the usual dull ABRSM pieces. <laughs> so, um, which are the ones that I did like? Lytton, charming, great character, Great find. I uh, don't know how you pronounce this one. Loishorn. Lovely, sweet. Nakada, sweet. Now, the chewer, I've written wow and underlined it loads of times. Cinematic horror music. I love it. It's sort of Jaws-ish. I, I love it. And then the Gillock. Superb quasi-Spanish piece. I love it. Lots of exclamation marks. And then the Joplin is very strange to have a simplified arrangement. This is not like ABRSM. It's sort of like the kind of thing that Rock School have been doing, sort of lots of simplified arrangements. It's, it's not bad. But I know there's a lot of teachers who feel very passionately that the students should never learn simplified arrangements. I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. But um, anyway, so um, grade two, the duo, really nice, lots of character. I think quite a lot of these ones in grade two, I've, I wasn't a big fan of. So like the Beethoven, I've just put not a great piece, some odd moments. Dussek, very dull, boring ABRSM. Um, Stanford, ABRSM dull. 
And then, and then also in this one, the Blackwell, I've written, what the hell is dotted quaver to semiquaver equals basically swing rhythm. It's, it's equal triplet, crotchet, uh, quaver. No one ever writes swing rhythms as dotted quaver, semiquaver equals um, bam, 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 bam. Uh, people write quaver quaver equals. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to refer to that in the show notes so that you can look at it and see what I'm talking about. But I'm like, why on earth would you write it that way? That's just not what you do when with with blues rhythms. So so that's just like a, a, a little bit odd. And then there's this um, Arakelian, uh, full of emotion, beautiful, very achievable. By far the best of list C. So, yeah, I wasn't really sure about grade two. But, but you know, like I said, this isn't really sort of um, the area that I that I teach out a lot these days. So, um, grade one, Diabelli, dull but solid. Hell yeah, very pretty. Lovely, but I why is it in list A? Uh, Rain, oh my god, I have no idea how you pronounce that. Rain Agle, Rain, uh, I don't know. Sweet, solid list A, like it. Um, Andrew Eels, um, sweet, nice choice. Price, nice to have her here, but not very expressive for list B. Um, head, very simple, but beautifully crafted. Lovely mood, lots of spaces, I like that one. Uh, Rajaseka, challenging but useful to have different hands with different articulations. It's, it's, it's useful pedagogically. Mia, a touch of Abba. <laughs> uh, the Tyler, beautiful. I love the use of the pedal. Uh, it's a great title. Um, and then the uh, initial, uh, there's some really great pieces here. The Chantal I've, I've written is, is lovely. Yandel, really nice atmosphere, imaginative. Can make it sound nice without needing the pedal. Uh, nice description. Uh, Heidi, uh, like it, solid, has character. I've also put, you know, there's quite a lot of here are sort of like uh, ABRSM boring, dull choices like the Wolf Fart, Yawn. So dull. <laughs> uh, Gritten, not a fan. Typical ABRSM dull. 
uh, Waterman, solid but a bit dull. And I have written that, that in general, it's, it's the, the, the lower grades are kind of a bit boring compared to the other examination boards. But, you know, in fairness, it's not really my field of expertise, those things. Um, and, and they have a lot of uh, experience with that, that segment of the market. So anyway, that's been a mammoth, mammoth review. Um, I will put um, bullet points uh, in the show notes. And actually, um, I will be putting up, like I've said, quite a lot of tutorials and my own versions of these up on YouTube. So um, just have a look at Heart of the Piano on YouTube um, and and you can see. And what I've also tried to do is that when I've gone on YouTube and seen that there haven't been many pieces of pieces that were in the books, I thought, okay, I'm going to put, I'm going to do some um, performances and and tutorials and put them up on YouTube. And and it's not just me that's going to be doing that because I think ever since the last um, coronavirus lockdown, when all the teachers were stuck at home and the new ABRSM syllabus came out, we all started doing this. So it's not just going to be me doing this. It's going to be quite a lot of people doing this. But but you know, do do um, uh, take a look at my YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, see if those might be useful for you. And um, uh, well done if you've made it this far all the way through to the end. So uh, all the usual stuff applies. Uh, if, if this was uh, interesting and useful for you, please do take the time to review the podcast, uh, to leave comments, to like it, and basically all of the things that help the podcast become more visible to other people. Thank you very much for listening through to the end, and I will see you uh, for the next episode. Or, well, I won't see you. Uh, You can hear me at the next episode. So take care and see you at the next one. Bye. Bye.